0: It's Monday, May 22nd, and welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Meditations on Christianity, a podcast devoted to just that. Today, we continue our look into the differences between the early church and the 21st century church. This week, we turn our attention to the church of today. Last week we spent a few minutes investigating the early church, what made it tick and why was it so successful. We sought to come at the early church with four questions that gave us a clear picture of a time so long ago. Number 1. What were the foundations of the early church? 2. What were the goals and vision of the church? 3. What made the mission of the church so effective? And 4th and finally, what characterized these early Christians? We'll use these same questions as we continue our church series this week and change gears, moving the timeline nearly 2,000 years forward. This week we will focus on a mere diagnosis of the modern church, not prescriptions, which will be elaborated upon next week. While this may be a somber, frustrating, and possibly even disheartening post, in order to fix the problems facing our current church, we must be aware of the problems themselves. Ignorance and blindness are often the worst enemy of effective change. I seek to reveal the serious problems and hope that these problems can be fixed and we can, as a result, enjoy a more united universal church with one goal in mind, the glorification of the triune God. I believe it must be said that these diagnoses are not an all-inclusive statement on all churches. In fact, many churches today are living out the gospel with remarkable steadfastness and love, and are prime examples of a world-changing faith. These are the kind of churches that Paul called for those many centuries before, but we cannot be blind to the fact that for as many God-glorifying churches are out there, there are as many man-glorifying churches as well. So this post seeks to analyze the problems of the man-glorifying church in hopes that the universal church will be strengthened. For clarification purposes, whenever, quote, modern church or, quote, 21st century church is mentioned, rest assured that I am referring to the man-glorifying church. So as we begin, here is one piece of advice I would offer. Don't assume that your church is a God-glorifying church. So number one, what are the foundations of the 21st century church? If the foundation of the early church was Jesus Christ, then we can safely assume that the foundation of the modern church is not. In fact, instead of the firm and steady foundation found in Jesus, the 21st century church has made its foundation on something far more unsteady and unreliable, man. Few man-glorifying churches would openly admit this or even be knowledgeable of the fact, but a quick look at a church's vision, goals, and practices would undoubtedly reveal this issue. The worship of man can be deceptive, and often these churches worship man while under the delusion that they worship God. It is a sad fact indeed, but it is the reality of so many churches today. The vision of these churches is eloquently worded in favor of God, but the practical carrying out of that vision is utterly in favor of man. The practices of these churches are proudly done in the name of God, but the heart bears witness to the contrary. A man-glorifying church can result in two different yet similar outcomes. One, the church in question struggles to grow while doubly struggling to create a presence in the community. Or second, the church seemingly grows exponentially, looking very successful in terms of worldly success. But in actuality, the church is just as man-glorifying as church number one. If God is not the center of the church, something else will be, and that something else will always be man. Secondly, what are the goals and visions of the 21st century church? If the foundation of the modern church is man, then it is safe to assume again that the goals and visions flow from man as well. The vision of the 21st century church is an easy one to diagnose, the glorification of man, but the goals are somewhat harder to see without proper analysis. Let's look at just one goal of the man-glorifying church, the goal of comfort. Americans love comfort. Discomfort is unappealing, unwanted, and undesired. Thus, with the intermingling of American ideals and Christian teachings, a new breed of, quote, Christianity has been born. American Christianity is a far cry from biblical Christianity, yet the modern church practices this, so it makes sense that comfort is a goal of the 21st century church. It's an utter catastrophe to see the modern church devolving in this way, having left Scripture in the dust in favor of American ideals. There is no equation involving comfort that biblical Christianity can justify, yet, seemingly blind to the truths of Scripture, we formulate goals that make sure our comfort. Is kept intact. Godly goals can be created but they are just as quickly shaped and molded by the comfortability of the church members. If church members find no disconnect between their American comfort and the faith they claim to represent then perhaps comfort is the God they truly worship. It can't go without saying that many churches are failing because they have sacrificed true biblical vision for man appeasing Comfort-protecting goals that will never produce fruit. Francis Chan said that God doesn't call us to be comfortable. Rather, he calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. C.S. Lewis said that I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. And finally, may the modern church come to the realization of David Platt when he said, quote, I was immersed in comfortable Christianity. Years ago, I found myself living what seemed like the American church dream, pastoring a large church, living in a large house and surrounded by all the comforts this world had to offer. But inside, I had a sinking feeling that I was missing the point." Thirdly, what makes the mission of the 21st century church so ineffective? We saw in our look at the early church last week that the reason they were so effective was because of their reliance on God, most notably through the submission of prayer. But on the flip side, the modern church is quite ineffective in carrying out the Great Commission. In most churches today, at best, we see a feeble attempt to carry out this God-given commandment and at worst, a complete disregard for it. So why is this the case? Firstly, because the man-glorifying church is content to let man-created programs do all the work. The church ceases to allow God to do the work, ceases to submit to the sovereign working of the Holy Spirit, and takes matters into its own hands. If a church says that God saves, yet operates as if man saves, the church will always be ineffective. And secondly, a church that focuses inward and not outwardly will always be ineffective. At some point in church history, it became acceptable for the church to become a bunker to escape the world instead of a command center to go out into it. This ought not to be so. To quote rapper propaganda, quote, They say the places we venture, a Christian shouldn't dare. Homie, that's not holiness, it's fear. You're scared. I swear, I won't sin by osmosis. No, I've got a blood-bought prognosis. What's he trying to say here? I think he's saying that the fact that the church was never intended to hunker down and hide away from the world. Quite the contrary, actually. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. The church cannot forget this. The modern church has become afraid to get its hands dirty out of some sense of holiness and self-righteousness. The modern church has become so pharisaical that we look nothing like the God we claim to represent, and only a true analysis of the gospel will uncover a much different line of attack. And fourthly and finally, what characterizes 21st century Christians? I must point out that I use the term Christian lightly here. I'm not saying that the problems that are about to be addressed are not an issue for true Christians, because we know that Christians are not perfect. But a Christian with a lifestyle characterized by these problems must seriously look at their life and ask the tough question, am I a child of God? So we find our diagnosis of the modern church in the third chapter of Revelation. In the letter written to the Laodiceans, much is said of their spiritual condition. Let us read this passage in question. Quote, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched Pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. With this passage in mind, I offer 10 characteristics that describe 21st century Christians. Number one, they are comfort seeking rather than God seeking. Two, they are more interested in the riches of this world than the riches of heaven. Third, they are self sufficient fourth they are never content fifth they are consistently spiritually inconsistent sixth they seek the approval of man rather than god seventh they worship the creature rather than the creator eighth they have a lack of love for the word of god ninth they forego repentance, and tenth, and finally, they live a life of hypocrisy. When you look at this list here and then compare it to the list from last week, you start to see how stark the contrast is between the two eras. The diagnoses given today may seem bleak and depressing, and that's because they are. But a restoration and reformation could be right around the corner. Next week in the final part of this series, we will speak to this point. Hope is not lost. And I will give some reasons why believers can be hopeful and confident that the church will come through this dark time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can check me out on Facebook at Nine or on Twitter at 27 underscore brett underscore 91. For a transcript of this episode, check out my website at brettflora.co. Join me again next week for the third and final part of this series as we look forward to a hopeful reformation and restoration.